I'm over it. You're listening to the Freelancer Codex, a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn Network. Welcome and then every- it's like we're into it. Like it just it just goes and then it stops. And then and you're we, like into it. We are into episode 127, the Freelancer Codex podcast, coming at you live from the four corners area. I am Steve, your host, with Mike, the teacher, Devin, the Xbox ambassador. We are here to talk about video games. We're going to talk about EA Play. We're going to talk about Baldur's Gate. We're going to talk about so many different things that have been announced this week that there's like way too many things to discuss. That's a new dog in the background, if you can hear that. He doesn't like me. He's like staring at me weirdly. But we're going to try to get through the show without too many dogs being mad at us. So first up, I'm going to take <laughs> a breath. Steve's got a lot of balls in the air, man. He's like juggling all kinds of stuff right now. <laughs> I, usually playing with balls, so it's okay. And I've, I'm okay with it. So first off, um, oh, man. thank you everyone for being here. Um, but I guess we... I mean, we have so much, we should probably just jump into it, right? So Let's jump in. Let's jump in. But first, Jumping in. All right. Got to thank our patrons. Yeah, that's what I'm going to jump into. I want to thank our patrons. Thank you so much for the support. Um, thank you, Julius, Nathan B., Michael R., Trent B., Men in Steel, Scout69, Dragonheart76, Jeffrey H., and the Gameplay Experience. Thank you so much for your contributions to this podcast. It helps a lot. Keeps us going more than you know. This was kind of a rough week for me, content creator-wise, because sometimes you just kind of... You get in a rut of despair and depression of thinking, like, why am I doing this? Like, what reason am I doing this for? Um, but knowing that there are people supporting us, it kind of helps you. It helps me anyway, like, pull myself up out of that and say, hey, we're doing this because we like to, not because, you know, we're trying to be the next big thing. It's because we enjoy getting together, talking about video games, and knowing that people are back there supporting us, saying, yeah, this is what you should be doing. Um, so, yes. I really appreciate everyone that's doing that. Um, we're going to get our patron, co- our monthly challenge coin made this week, and we're going to send those out to our patrons that support us at that level. So this one, it's going to be a pretty fun one. We'll have a fun quote. So if you want to write into the show, you can do that at freelancercodex at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash freelancercodex, and you can just drop that in there. We'll get it, and we'll be able to play on the show. So... All right, without anything else, I think we'll just go down these line by line and we'll just kind of switch off. Um, ever since the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 reveal event, reveal event last Thursday, it seems like there's been non-stop announcements almost every day. Um, we've also had clarifications from the PlayStation 4 event. So we're just going to kind of go through these chronologically as they came out because I think that's kind of the best way to do it. Um, so first thing I want to talk about, and this is something Devin and I are pretty excited about. So we got via, and this came, this was via Polygon by Charlie Hall was the author over there. This is, um, Baldur's Gate 3 could enter early access as soon as August, um, which is super exciting for us because Devin and I have been playing through Divinity, Divinity Original Sin 2. We had to stop for a long time. I think we got probably a little bit more than halfway and had to stop, which was kind of a bummer. But knowing that Baldur's Gate 3 could hit early access in August, I think should kind of say, hey, maybe it's time to finish that thing before this comes out. Right, Devin? I mean, something that we might be able to do. (laughs) (laughs) He's got his pirate vibe going on. Yeah, so we know that COVID-19 impacted the Larian team, as it has many people around the world. The studio said Saturday in a news release, but the shift to work from home has gratefully been a successful one, following Larian to continue building 
allowing Larian to continue billing toward an early access period of maybe August. Larian will have more information about the specific content of early access in the future, but the team is committed to working directly with community feedback to evolve the game during its early access campaign. So I'm guessing, Devin, if they go early access in August, the game probably doesn't go gold until August the following year. Um, is my gut feeling? What do you think? Is that too long of an early access period? No, I mean, I think games have been in early access for longer period than that. Um, it's like, you know, they have uh, what are we, all the Battle Royale games. Those are all in beta. They're, they do that to bypass the <laughs> patching requirements for the consoles and those kind of things. So, I mean, there's different things that they can do. Um, early access, hopefully that means they will use that time to actually take our feedback, you know, as players and, and make changes if need to be, if they need to be done. So. Yeah. And also today they showed 90 minutes worth of gameplay today during another, I think it was the Dungeons and Dragons events. There's so many events going on right now that it's really hard to keep track of everything that's happening. I knew so, there was something else I missed today and I was like, what am I missing today? <laughs> Yeah, and Sven was on on stream again, and he was playing through a couple different things, just kind of showing things off, saying, hey, you could do this, you could do this. Like, Sven, I think, is a really good presenter. He's, like, really fun to, like, listen to, just because he's very good on screen, on camera, talking to people. So, I mean, that's I, I don't know if I want to go back and catch that, um, or just if I want to experience that whole thing myself. Um, I don't know. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. But also, Devin, you want to hit this next... Um, News yeah, so point they here. A little, yeah, they did a little update. Came out with some new stuff for Divinity Original Sin 2. Uh, so they got uh, new quests, new items. They come out with this kind of stuff. Um, I forget what they call them, like their bags or they're whatever. Grab they bags? Grab yeah, bags, grab I bags. They, give them, they give them to you for free, basically, and it's just new items and, and things to keep the game a little bit fresh for people that keep playing it. Um, so it says here, we've just gotten some free gift bag DLC, the four relics of Rebellion. That adds new quests, a new boss, and some magical armor. Um, so they announced it, you know, I think yesterday uh, during the Gorilla Collective Showcase. So the four relics of Rebellion will see you go on the hunt for four magical sets of armor, facing down new enemies, including a brand new undead dragon boss. That's pretty cool. Um, adding new lore to the already packed World of Divinity. There is a lot of stuff packed into that game, and... It can kind of be. I mean, we've played seventy something hours. It's it's a lot. We're kind of I'm, like we're on this island. And I don't even remember why we're on this this island that we're going to. Um, you know, but no, it's it's a hard game to like try and feel like you're getting the most out of it because while I'm off, you know, dying or looting something, you can be talking to important NPCs, and yeah. I just completely miss like the dialogue and just like okay i guess something important happened and i have to trust devin to fill me in and i'm like devin what did that person say i don't know we got to go find something it's like all right <laughs> we i guess find something well and it's difficult too because they and, and i think they fixed a lot of these things for Baldur's gate um but like when one one of your characters so steven and i steven controls three of the characters because he already worked with them or whatever so he just uses those three and i just go about my ways and go kill because you want. don't want to have to worry about and... min maxing other characters just like i'm just gonna worry about myself and i'm gonna go loot stuff like, i fine. do my crap you do the rest yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll do the brunt but, uh, of this no well it's like it's difficult because if one of their characters talks to a person or whatever it, it can affect like i can't go and talk to them to sell things or or different things and so it's 
it's like, oh, I can't talk to him. Here, let me transfer this stuff to you so you can sell it, or they have to transfer stuff to me to sell it. And so it's, it can kind of be, it's not really, I don't think it was really designed with multiplayer in mind. Um, well, it works great multiplayer to play, but um, going through the story and those kind of things, I think was really meant for solo players. And so we'll see how Baldur's Gate 3 differs, you know. From yeah. I'm, I'm also super curious, like why they're offering this. I mean, all their DLCs or these little updates are not really DLCs. They're updates to the game. They've all been free. So I don't know how they like continue to support Divinity, like where that revenue is coming through. If people are just continue to buy the game or like what's, you know, because there's nothing else that you can buy from Divinity if you already have the game. So I think, like, it, can, I think it sells good and it's not usually on sale very often. Um, but when true. it is, it, it sells, you know, especially on console, it's not on sale very often. Yeah. So. Mike, what is what else do we have coming up here? What else? What other news? So we've got some news on Spider-Man, the new Miles Morales game. Um, apparently there was some confusion that came out afterwards. Everybody wanted to know how this fit in everything and, and what is it? Where is it? Give me all the info, right? Because that's what we are. We want all the info right here, right now. Um, so let me start with asking you guys a question. How many spider I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't care. How many, many Spider-Mans <laughs> are there? Um, so we did find out that, that Spider-Man Miles Morales is actually going to be a standalone game. Um, in the and and the next adventure in Marvel's Spider-Man universe is what the developer said in a Twitter post. Um, kind of confirming some of um kind of confirming what kind of a lot of people thought um, that it was going to be a standalone. It's going to be smaller than other than a traditional console game, but will yeah. be sold. Um, I and think so, lot, yeah, I think a lot of the confusion came from a Sony executive saying that it was mm-hmm. going to be an expansion and it made yeah. it sound like you're just going to be downloading um, spy- the original Spider-Man and this is just going to be expansion to that. So it came out mm-hmm. and say it's going to be more like, that Uncharted game, um, the Uncharted... Ah, oh, shoot, what was Lost the... Legacy. There you go. Devin's got it for me. Yeah, it's going to be more like nice. that. So. And cool. it's going to be optimized for PS5. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it was kind of rushed. I think, in my opinion, I mean, they that's like a year and a half, maybe two years. And they're like, yeah, they're using the same city, kind of upgrading some of the stuff. You know, they talked about that in the video. They got Ray Trace Reflections, which is cool. And, excited to see what that'll look like on there but i think you know with the size of it they're like okay what can we put out i mean because sony's pulling an ea where they just really don't have very much <laughs> mm-hmm. um i mean that's what it seems like to me for the launch anyways there's there's some staples but there's not a ton of stuff there not at launch you're right maybe microsoft will be the same same thing but at least you know for microsoft they have they planned it out where they have one major tentpole title with halo coming at launch versus well, I guess maybe Gran Turismo is the tentpole title for. Um, I think for I, I think for GT fans it is, but I don't know how many people. I don't know how mainstream that is, because you're right. Like Microsoft is going to have Halo, and that's going to be like a huge seller for them, especially if the way things are shaking out for this holiday season, from everything that we've seen, from the stuff that we saw from EA today, from the stuff that we saw from Sony. Like, I mean, Halo has to be like the biggest, most anticipated title this holiday season. Well, right? I mean, I think it was mm-hmm. until uh, CD Projekt Red announced the delay for Cyberpunk today. So. That's true. They announced that today, and that's going to be pushed to November, which is going to be right around that same time. So, 
And I think that's um, that's gonna suck for pretty much every other game that comes out then like on any any platform because that's people have been waiting there for that. It was supposed to come out last year, you know, right. and it got pushed right. to the beginning of this year and then it got pushed again and then it got pushed again. So it might get pushed. I mean, they say everything's done, but anyways, I'm getting out of order. But no, uh, that, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so I and like to your to your point, Devin, we were talking about Spider Man. Like I I'm glad that these developers can get more out of all the hard work that they put on these games because Spider Man's a big game. But instead of just like saying, all right, now it's time to move on to whatever Spider-Man 2 is, time to drop all this stuff, we have to update all this stuff, we got to change everything, they get to reuse most of the work that they've already done. So that means there's a lot less time working on it. So the company's going to be able to make more money from doing a project like this, I would imagine, than just being like, all right, time to move on to Spider-Man 2 for the PlayStation 5. And, you know, the, yeah. it's the Miles Morales story, so I'm excited mm-hmm. that Miles gets more um, screen time. Cause, screen time. I mean, he's, like, super popular right now with the success of the movie. And, you know, this doesn't follow the story of the movie, but it's, you know, there's still that name recognition that, hey, this is a Miles story. People are super excited mm-hmm. about him. He's got more powers. I, I asked my kids when I, when I was talking to my oldest, I was like, so, you know, who do you, what Spider-Man do you prefer? Because he's been watching a lot of Spider-Man stuff on um, on Disney Plus now because all the Spider-Man cartoons are there. He's like, do you, yeah. do you prefer Peter or do you prefer Miles? He's like, I prefer Miles because he's got that because he can electrocute people. So I think like, oh, nice. you know, at least for my kids, they're more excited just because Miles has a more interesting power set. He can go invisible. So that's pretty cool. So yeah, I'm excited for this. And Devin, you've actually been playing um, Spider-Man on PS4. I mean, does this yep. get you excited mm-hmm. to finish this one so you can get this one at the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, it'll be good to see. I mean, it's. I mean, they said this one's only like 15 hours for the story for Spider-Man. So um, I've been playing it. My son's been playing it. He enjoys going around, and and uh, so I let him play when he wants to, and um. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's funner than I actually anticipated, and and it'll be interesting to see, you know, with the speed of that SSD, how much of a difference that really makes for, you know, swinging through the world and, and traversing mm-hmm. through it. Because, um, I mean, you move really pretty fast right now as it is, uh, you know, on this gen of consoles. So uh, the, the stuff might not look all that different because they're using the same assets and those kind right. of things. But, um, so I guess, I mean... That'll be really the the test once they show off more uh, and they show off actual gameplay from it, you know, and, and uh, we'll see. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things that um, a lot of the, there's a lot of talk after the PlayStation event about exclusives, um, limited time exclusives, console exclusives, and, a lot of timed exclusives. and just that wording and how confusing it can be, because I know like anytime like all the previous E3s, anytime Microsoft would come on and they'd have their exclusive. And then we'd find out that it was just a limited time exclusive or it wasn't a console exclusive, that it was gonna later come to PC and it was gonna later there like this marketing speak like really, really sucks. Like I hate that there's we always have to ask the question of, okay, but where else is it coming out, right? What yep. you know because when they say, hey, this is an exclusive, and you're like, yeah, but I'm pretty sure that those games are going to come out on everything at a later time. Like, I just, I don't like it. So, I, like, I looked up a list of things that are actually going to be PS5 exclusive. So, Astro's Playroom is going to be PS5 exclusive. Um, that one's pretty obvious. Demon Souls, 
Um, Destruction, All-Stars, Gran Turismo 7, Horizon Forbidden West, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Ratchet & Clank, um, the, the game Returnal, um, Sackboy, Big Adventure. So those are actually going to be exclusive. But I also don't know if those some of those are also going to be... Time, like, I don't know about Returnal. If Returnal is going to be, like, timed exclusive, it's going to come out to things later. But... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that seems like it's... Just, I mean, it's from a third party. So, I mean, it definitely yeah. seems like it could be in the, you know, other category where uh, the majority of all the games that they announced are all paid timed exclusives, you know, which we've talked about this before where people, you know, Sony can do whatever they want and everything's good to go, but bring up Tomb Raider for Xbox and it's the end of the world anti-consumer. But, <laughs> but celebrated when... as a great move by Sony to secure those exclusives. But when we um, don't have Destiny content for a year on Xbox, then, oh, two, well, you should have bought a PlayStation. Years. Yeah, I guess yeah, that's over, true. Over two years. And, uh, you know, they continue to do that and it continues to get celebrated. But that's the thing that frustrates me. It's like, if you if you can do it one way, just be fine with it on the other side. That's that's all there is to it, and just that's what's frustrating. I think so. one of the um, one of the directions that Phil is taking Xbox is instead of I mean, because it's you could buy your your timed exclusive, and pretty much mm. that's almost like a first party title for you for that time, right? Because you have yeah. the exclusive, it's yours, and you can see where Sony's putting their dollars for these compared to Phil, who's like, well, why don't we just buy all these companies, make them first party. And they're making it for us, right? And then for them, it's like, yeah, put it on PC, put it on Xbox. We're going to be making the money off of it regardless, and they'll continue yeah. to do that. So it's, I think it's just different tactics. I mean, Xbox is also very um, guilty of the same exclusive. For sure. I mean, they do timed exclusives, and they, I'm sure they, they'll still do timed exclusives. I, I think they already have some of the stuff that they've shown off, you know. Um, and may, and so one of the other things they might be able to do as well is instead of buying timed exclusives, they could buy uh, and say, "Hey, it's on Game Pass day one." You know, yeah. And and and, and I just I just wish because I mean it's obvious that this marketing strategy works, and that's why they yeah. continue to do it because majority of people they're going to see a trailer once and they're going to be yeah. like, "Oh, cool! That game is Godfall is only on PlayStation 4. And that's it. And that's what they believe, and that's what they're going to go do. They're not going to look into the different tweets. They're not going to research them more and see, oh, it's also coming to Epic Game Store. It's also coming here. Mm-hmm. They're just going to say, oh, I have to have a PlayStation to do th- to play this game. So obviously it works, or else they would have found a different marketing strategy. It's just, it's just frustrating. It's to just see frustrating. It on the back end, but whatever. It is. It's frustrating, and it almost, it almost feels like a little bit of, uh, oh, I just lost the word that I was going to say. Um, Cheap tactics? That's not the word I wanted, but it just seems a little dishonest. Maybe. I mean, I know that I know that it's not, but it's just it's just kind of a backwards way. So, I mean, people got to make their money, and and you know what? And we know people who buy all the consoles, and we know people who who only do the one console and just kind of say, "Oh no, I'm out. I can't play that game. It's not on the thing that I have." So, you know, yeah. I guess people do what they want to do ultimately. So, speak. I did think it was really weird. Sorry, before we go on, that they no, didn't have go. Call of Duty there at the PlayStation conference. Because huh. they 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 bought that since PlayStation, so second year of this gen consoles, they've had the marketing deal for Call of Duty, which was like a huge deal because Microsoft had it for forever. Um, but because they had the more powerful console and they were showing it off, it always looked better, it ran better, and uh, I'm surprised that they're not showing it off there. Um, and so if they show it off at Xbox, it just I'm like, okay, so Microsoft spent the money again to get the marketing for Call of Duty, which is a huge seller. 
and would be a huge reason for a lot of people to switch from yeah playstation to xbox if they get that content early so yeah they're I all agree. about getting that stuff 30 days early so yeah i used to be all about that i was you I still know. are i mean when 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 you have the advantage to do that it's like yeah. okay i guess i'm going to take advantage of it i mean we could like it sucks i don't think it makes it's like you a like, it's like a fast pass at disneyland you guys got to do it <laughs> yeah or else you're waiting in line and you're seeing all the people i mean that's exactly what it is you're you're paying for a fast pass and that's kind of a yeah. weird way to put it because man fast passed all right but it's so really what it is. i mean you, but you it's what it is. It. when you go when you go you gotta have it i mean or else you can't have fun I, and then I you don't agree. take kids and then you're all right good. so price predictions for the series x and the playstation 5 i know that there were some leaks so let's let's talk about the leaks first and we leaks. can say I mean, air quotes leaks all right let me talk about the leak first then we'll talk about the uh the money so the amazon france listing that was up for a little bit has the price for the playstation 5 and playstation 5 digital editions the ps5 is listed at 499 euros and the digital that's not euros yeah it is and the digital edition clocks in at 399 so this converts to approximately 565 USD and 450 USD for the all digital edition. So what do you think price wise like is this a price that's too much it's too little? Is this something that it's a no brainer that you buy all digital at 450? Starting with Devin, we'll, hit, we'll ask Devin uh, here. For me, like uh, I would buy, I'm going to buy the all digital anyways cuz I don't I don't buy discs so I haven't, you know, We've talked about this many times, but I just don't see the point of it. I don't want to have to go to the store. I don't want to have to install the game from the disc when I can pre-install everything digitally. I just don't do anything stupid with my accounts. People are like, oh, you can lose all your stuff. It's like, well, just don't cheat and don't break <laughs> agreements. You know, just play the games and not cause problems, and you shouldn't have an issue. Um, but I mean, that's that's to me is the best thing ever. You know, if I have to buy something physically, I just get it from Amazon, anyways. Because uh, I don't want to have to go to the store and deal with stupid people at the store who, you know, think they're whatever. But no, I think um, I, I think five hundred dollars. <laughs> there's a long story there, but you know, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> we'll save it for the patrons. <laughs> yeah, patrons. No, so, like, uh, I think uh, five hundred dollars is probably where they're both looking, uh, but they're I'm sure they're both willing to come lower. Um, Based upon the way they're talking, I would say Microsoft is willing to, to undercut Sony versus Sony is talking about showing the value of the console versus the price. And they've even said that they, you know, prefer showing the value over being the lowest priced console. Uh, but I think, you know, they have big name recognition. They have a huge install base right now. Um, so they can afford to do that. But being the less powerful console and being more expensive is going to be a hard thing um, for them. You know, I think it's going to hurt more than they anticipate. And especially if Microsoft gets some of the bigger marketing deals, you know, with call of duty and those kind of things that are really popular. So uh, I would say 500, but I'm guessing Microsoft would go as low as 400. And uh, you know, if they have an all, I'm, I don't know. I think Sony will probably try, try and drop $50 off at least so they can do, you know, starting at whatever, 450 
in their commercials or whatever for for PlayStation 5, you know, to try and offset the price difference as much as possible, just like they're doing with the variable frequencies, trying to pretend that their system is, I mean, yes, it can reach that, but not for sustained long periods, you know. <laughs> uh, so they're trying to lessen the gap and make it not seem as bad because they, you know, just pulled a Don metric and didn't really go go all out, you know. So <laughs> I don't know. Mike, what are your thoughts price-wise? So I don't remember what I paid for for my... So I've had two Xbox Ones. I'll talk about those. Um, I had the first Gen 1 that was a little bit bigger, and then I went to an Xbox One S, and I don't remember what I paid for them. You paid 500 um, for the Xbox One. For the first one or for both of them? Well, I think he when he got his, it was on sale. I think he got yours on sale, so it was cheaper. Um, but... Yeah, they were five hundred dollars due because of the connect, which was like a hundred cost them one hundred and fifty dollars to make. So, so yeah, so the first one did come with a connect, but the the X one, the Xbox One S did not. So there was probably a price difference there. I'm guessing, yeah, um, three ninety nine for digital and four ninety nine for the disc version. I don't, I don't have anything to back that up other than it cost twenty bucks. Well, um, but but you know that you know that consumers don't get to don't get to see that part of it right so yeah. i mean it is what it is and and people will buy the one that they want and you would you would almost kind of hope that people go digital just to kind of you know a little bit going a little bit more green than than printing discs and making discs and that stuff but well and sony and microsoft are going to make more money off of the digital one because they don't have to pay for discs exactly so well yeah yeah, so I'm I'm going with I'm going with three ninety nine and four ninety nine for the PS five digital and disc respectively. But I really have nothing to back that up other than that's what I think. Yeah, I my my thoughts are that both Microsoft and Sony would be crazy to sell these at five hundred dollars, considering the success of the PlayStation four when they launched at four hundred dollars, compared to Microsoft's mm. uh, mistake of launching at five hundred. Like I, I don't know how Sony would would go back and be like, um, we we destroyed the competition selling this at four hundred. Let's go ahead and sell this one at five hundred. Like I don't even care what it has inside of it. Like you have to sell it at a loss, especially yeah. right now to like continue your foothold, especially because you have the cheaper powered system. The Sorry. lower powered system. Sorry, I was uh, the, I, was, I was muting myself there for a second. Some, yeah, I saw heard a werewolf. Um. <laughs> I think you know it's it's. I mean, both of them they should be selling at four hundred because, you know, people who buy those. I mean, they've released statistics and, and information that go over like how much those people buy who buy them at launch. You know, for the four hundred dollars, and obviously after a year it's going to get cheaper for them to make the console, those kind of things, but. Average consumers, you know, are gonna you're gonna make up that money within a few years for average consumers. For the more hardcore consumers who are gonna get them right at launch, you're gonna make that up, you know, within that first month or two, um, because they buy a lot more games and you recoup that money that you that you lost from selling your system at a loss. But I mean, that's how it's been for the longest time: is you sell your system at a loss and you make that money up in games, and with more things like Game Pass. X Cloud, you know all these things and services like uh, Xbox Live Gold, PlayStation Plus, you know PlayStation Now, all these things that they're using to subsidize and get other ways of getting income into their system. Um, 
I don't see. I mean, they're both expensive, but I think they should both be at three ninety nine. Honestly, yeah, um, because they they can they can afford to take that hit because they're going to make all that money back eventually on those consumers. So. Yeah, so I think, like you said, like the Series X, um, be, but PlayStation. You, so PlayStation, their 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 disc version, PlayStation needs to be like four ninety nine, right, or three ninety nine. So that means are they going to sell their they're all digital at three hundred bucks? Because if they do that, I mean that that's a killer deal for PlayStation selling it at three hundred, and then whatever the Lockhart version of the Xbox is, if they do that same price point and it's more powerful, but but we also don't know the specs of the Lockhart. There's been some rumors yeah. that that thing is going to be like two hundred bucks, a little bit cheaper, but I mean that like this like the price is going to be the biggest thing this this holiday season who's selling it cheaper xbox is going to have a leg up just because if they bundle like three months worth of game pass into this thing and they said hey automatically have access to hundreds of games yeah hundreds of games that are backwards compatible you can load them up now you get you get that value without having to spend extra money that's like insane value especially around the holiday if you're a parent and you say hey you can spend X amount of dollars. Your kid gets this box. They get all of these games compared to mm-hmm. if you buy a PlayStation, even if they're the same price. But then you have to buy a game on top of that, which is an extra 60 bucks. You know, I mean, that's that's something that a lot of people are going to have to consider. That's something that, you know, the marketing teams are going to have to adjust for. Like you have to get that message out if you're Xbox. Because right now you don't have the market share that Sony has. You don't have the goodwill that Sony has. Like for people that have been paying attention, yeah, Microsoft is building that. But the masses don't know that. And, you know, yeah. they've had PlayStation for the last, you know, eight years. So you have to market that because that's going to be a huge advantage for them. So it, it'll be really interesting to see how it shakes out. Like the dog agrees. Yeah. Yay, I think it's interesting. I mean, a lot of people online have been like, look, first party titles that are coming out. Say if if you wanted to buy uh the what do we got here? Spider-Man, uh Gran Turismo, Ratchet and Clank. Say you just want to buy three, right? So that's like if we're considering Spider-Man to be forty dollars because of the size, and the other two are gonna be sixty, so that's you know, 160 bucks on top of whatever system that you're you're buying, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, versus, okay, you can get, um, and that's not even including any of the other titles, you know, that you could buy, you know, like uh, Godfall, any, any of that stuff. Um, so say say you spend $160 plus your PlayStation to buy games when it comes out. Or you can buy the Xbox, and it comes with, you know, one to three months of Game Pass, which gives you access to Halo, gives you access to Forza, gives yeah. you access to all of their, their other games that are going to be back compatible and that will automatically take advantage of the Series X and will perform better and do that, you know, just as is. Uh, it's like, okay, I can buy the system, but I'm, and I get access to all these games, so I'm already saving money doing that. And so... Yeah, it, I mean, it's going to be value, so... It'll be it'll be very interesting. I mean, and the other thing is like, sorry, and then we'll we'll move on. Like Sony <laughs> has been like specifically saying, "Hey, we believe in generations, right? If you're gonna buy this, you're getting the new stuff." They haven't been communicating their backwards compa- compatibil- compatibility a lot. There's probably yeah. a lot of players that have old PlayStation Four discs 
that will probably work yeah, in the PlayStation of, 5. Yeah. But they they have to like communicate that better because right now it's not clear to a lot of people that yeah, there's going to be backwards compatibility on Sony. And they haven't been doing a good job communicating that to players. All right. I'm going to move on to this next one because I think this is interesting. <laughs> so AT&T seeks sales for the Warner for Warner Brothers gaming unit, which could be about $4 billion. That's a lot that's of money. Really, that's, a, that's a lot of that's billions. A lot of, that's a lot for their properties. I don't think it, it would be sold for that much. I mean, it's, they might like that. But, I mean, Minecraft, which has the most players in the world, you know, sold for $2 billion. So Yeah. And and everyone at Microsoft will tell you that that was a steal because of the amount oh, yeah. of money that they made off of uh, Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. So these are the properties from, from Warner Brothers. So they have the Batman Arkham series. They have the Fear series. They have Injustice, Lego, Middle Earth series, Mortal Kombat series, and Scribblenaut series. So there's a lot of good. Like, I mean... They've, I mean, those are just pretty good series. Like, the Lego series is killing it. They've been putting out games for, for years, and they continue to put out video games. Batman's yeah. Arkham series is a really beloved series by a lot of people. Um, a lot of people love them. A lot of people want to see more there. I don't know about the Fear series. Injustice and Mortal Kombat from um, from, Nether, from Nether Realms. Those are big yeah. sellers every time that they come out with one. So... I mean, I mean who knows who's going to buy these, but... I mean, if, you had, if you're Microsoft, you had to be looking. You have to be looking at this, even at the four billion dollars, because you can get yourself uh, access to all these series, right? Right. Uh, I mean, obviously, you would have to have some kind of licensing agreement. AT and T would probably still get some royalties or different things, but they don't have a superhero game that can combat, you know, Spider Man or or can go up against that. No, you know, don't. Sony continues to 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 buy, you know, Street Fighter exclusivity. And so it's like, okay, well, you could get, I mean, they could even still do the things like they could have the Lego um, TT, whatever they are, do what Minecraft does and still make it for every console. I yeah. mean, they could still do that kind of thing with the Lego series or even any of these series. But um, I mean, for me, like Batman would be a huge, a huge get for Xbox if, if they purchased this thing. I mean, they don't, they don't have anything to rival that even with all the new studios that they have they don't have anything in the superhero genre um like like spider-man and the one sure way to do that would be you buy the stuff from warner brothers and you get to be able to make exclusive stuff for xbox yeah you buy batman one of the most popular characters out there and then you make Batman games, and hopefully they, and hopefully you make good games. I mean, you can't just get it and right. then you have a Superman sixty four. I thing mean, you just you just still have the same <laughs> studio, right? Because those, it's just all, not just the licenses; it's the studios that come with it, right? You know, so like Rocksteady is one of the studio that's been making the Batman series, and, and, so. and then and they also have the Harry Potter license, which um, I think Avalanche yep. is making a Harry Potter game right now. So I mean, you you have that also, which is. I mean, you would think that a name like Harry Potter would be worth probably $4 billion just for the licensing agreement alone. But, I mean, it's not like the, there hasn't maybe, been Maybe not $4 billion. I mean, that's a pretty big... I, I it's, think it's depending big. on the game, it could sell quite a bit. Depending but, on the game, yeah, but... But people haven't overall, really like, I think proven all those things, It's definitely worth a couple billion for over time as long as they can get exclusivity, you know, and yeah. make it worth it. For Microsoft, who is behind, yes, this is definitely like, yeah, let's get these series and shore up our first party titles so that there's no way that we're going to be like, you know, caught flat footed. And I mean, if you have this many first party titles, then, yeah, you could probably come out with one 
every quarter or every two months, a big triple A game. And then people that say, Oh, you don't have games, no games, no games. Well, <laughs> you know, the, how much the internet would just, you know, die, die. You know? <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, what you, that's so anti-consumer yeah. or whatever. Shut up. All right. So the next thing yeah. we had lined up was star Wars squadrons, but we're going to bump this down. I'm going to talk about some control stuff because I love control and I think it's an amazing control. game and I want more of it. So this comes via the community manager and on the subreddit. They've said, we've heard your frustrations about the foundation delay launch on Xbox. So this is the DLC that um, we got on PC and PlayStation a while ago. It's still not out on Xbox. It doesn't come out on Xbox until the 25th, talking about exclusivity deals. Um, Yeah, but they say, we thank you for waiting. As we have said before, the AWE expansion for Control will, will be released on all platforms at the same time. So I'm sure they are pretty excited about this because I I'd have to imagine developers don't like exclusivity deals as much no. as we do because like hey they want people to they play want the their game. game everywhere right yeah because the they want to make the money well you you'd think anyway they want that everywhere because if you have one large player pool instead of three split up player pools it's going to have smaller numbers you want the larger one unified player pool yep. Yeah. So when AWE launches, we'll also be releasing a free update for all owners of Control. The free update will include adding checkpoints to some of the tougher fights towards the end of the Control's main campaign. A lot of people complain about that. I didn't, you know, because I could just, you know, I'm just good like that. Whatever. Was you probably died was a it bunch. That bad? I don't. I don't remember it being that bad. I didn't think it was, but a lot of people said that they had problems with it. I think it was that last. Well, I won't spoil it, but and control points <laughs> will be moved closer to certain boss fights so that when you will get back to the boss faster if you die and respawn. We're working on rebalancing some of the combat encounters as well. Other things are also in the works, including some stuff specific to the PC version. But we'll talk about those closer to launch. I don't. I wonder what they're talking about. But they're very glad to be giving you these updates, and we're looking forward to seeing your impressions on them. The development team working on AWE is small but hardworking. Thank you for your support, as always. Um, and they also announced that Control will be coming to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. So no details on that, but I don't know if that's going to be happening at launch or if that's going to be happening after. Well, they said they're going to take advantage of the new systems too, right? So Well, they should. I mean, Control looks great with ray tracing on, so I'm excited for other people on consoles to be able to get take advantage of that. It's a great game. I think people, more people should play it. So there was also a tease of a job posting on Remedy's website. So people are speculating that there's going to be a Control 2 being worked on. I mean, to me, that seems like a no-brainer given the success of the game. It was a lot of people's game of the year in 2018. Yep, in 2018. So, I mean, I'm super excited for it. I hope that we get a sequel. I hope they take their their time on it because it was a lot of fun. I mean, we still have DLCs that we haven't gotten yet, so maybe we should just pump the brakes a little bit, play the DLCs, and let more people <laughs> can, on Xbox enjoy it. I don't it. think a Control 2 is coming for multiple years, right? I mean, they're right. they're working on that exclusive uh, game for uh, Microsoft, which is X-Fire. They're doing the campaign for that, yep. which I'm sure will be show off next month. That's got to be done they're by a different on, team, though, right? Well, it's still within Remedy, so I mean, they, they probably have... If they're doing control, they'd have to have three teams, right? So because they have the that crossfire single player stuff they're, they're doing, the whatever exclusive game they're working on with Epic, right? That's coming out on their game store or whatever, and then if they're doing another control, so that would have to be three teams at that studio. Yeah. So Mike. I mean, control is a huge hit. 
right? But they've had a lot of problems in the past with timing and getting stuff done. That is true. So, I, 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 I really love that game. I think it's an amazing game. So, Mike, do you want to take us good. through this next story? This is something that um, pro- passed by my Twitter feed, and I thought this was super interesting. Okay. This so, is the FDA, yep. The FD. No, it's well, yeah. So, so we've had the first prescription. I need a prescription. <laughs> Wait, I got a I fever. Got a fever. <laughs> so, the first video game has been prescribed for kids who suffer from ADHD. Um, the video game, and I watched the the video on it. It's super cool. Um, so the, here's the, here's the news story. It says it might not look like much of a video game, but Achille Interactive's Endeavor RX, formerly Project Evo, may go down in history as the first video game that can legally be marketed. Hang on. I got to scroll over. Marketed and prescribed as medicine in the U.S. That's a landmark decision from the FDA, which is authorizing doctors to prescribe the iPhone an iPad game for kids between ages 8 and 12 years old with ADHD after it underwent seven years of clinical trials that studied over 600 children to figure out whether a game could actually make a difference. According to the company's favorite of the five studies, the answer is yes. One third of kids treated no longer had a measurable attention deficit on at least one measure of objective attention after playing the obstacle dodging target collecting game for 25 minutes a day, five days a week for four weeks. So very, very interesting, very, very breakthrough stuff. And, and um, I watched the video and the game is very much along the lines of like, I guess it would be like temple run. You know, you see them, you see them all on in waiting rooms and you see kids on these things. It's either Sonic collecting rings or you're just a runner, you know, collecting stuff. Um, I think it speaks a lot to maybe what we're, what we're learning about kids and kind of what they need. I think, I think the, the idea that kids need to sit down and listen to learn is something that's dying. Um, and I think more people are understanding that um, because most adults can't sit down and learn stuff. So we've got to be active. We've got to keep our brain going and games like this, they, they activate different areas of the brain and it just helps. It helps to give kind of those quick brain boosts, brain breaks that are so necessary and and if you doubt this, those of you out there who doubt this, who or know someone who doubts this, um, do an experiment on yourself and just kind of watch yourself and see how often you swivel in a chair or click a pin or do something that that wouldn't that isn't just sitting down and listening on a task. Because I know that there are a bunch of people in my in, not in my employee but in my work environment that really don't believe that video games are helpful at all or even those kind of non-traditional, you know, sit down, sit and get kind of lecture type things. A lot of teachers are still in that generation and it's not the best for kids nowadays for whatever reason, right? There's all kinds of things saying because those kids do this, kids do that, sugar this, sugar that, right? So there's, but there's, but there's arguments on both sides, which I get and I understand being in that world. So it helps those kids who need it. It helps those kids who need it. And I think that's the takeaway from this is that if this helps a kid to be able 
to maybe sit for a longer period of time to, to really hunker down and, and learn long division or, you know, Val teams and stuff like that, just so they can have that face-to-face time, then, then why not give it a try? It shouldn't be looked at as, oh, well, you know, I'm giving my kids video games and, and I'm such a bad person or I'm such a bad teacher because of this. Like, use all the tools you have in your toolbox. And, and that's what they should. And, and, that, and that's what I would say my own little personal thing is that it should be viewed as a tool and not a fix, right? It's, it's something that can help in certain situations. I wouldn't, I wouldn't prescribe this to a school. I would prescribe it to maybe a couple of students in the school. Um, to see if it would work. And so that's, yeah. that would be my, that would be my little two cents that nobody asked for. So, and just one thing of note, um, the people that are doing this study work for the game developer. So there could be a possible conflict of interest there. So mm-hmm. take that with a grain of salt, but I thought it was interesting that we have gotten to this level. And like Mike said, I think there's a lot of potential to help people that, um, we just kind of say, Hey, here's some drugs, but now we can say, here's some games. Maybe this will work. All right. Devin, do you remember playing Pokemon snap for the Nintendo 64? Never played it. Mike, did you ever play Pokemon snap for the Nintendo 64? And before you tell people, I never let you play it because of like, I was a terrible brother or whatever. <laughs> so actually, actually, this is the before only game the that truth. Steve, this is the only game that Steve let me play. I have, um, 164,721 hours invested in this game. I still have a Nintendo 64 that I'm running this game on, and I so, play it every so, night. So today, it was either today or yesterday, um, they <laughs> announced a new Pokemon Snap game. Now, if you don't remember Pokemon Snap from the Nintendo 64, it was an on-rails game where you got inside of a cart or a raft, and you followed a set prescribed path where you would try to take pictures of Pokemon in their um, natural habitat. You did that by giving them food or luring them out or doing doing specific things throughout the course. In order to get the super rare one to appear, you would take a picture of them and you'd get points based on that picture. Um, Cool. Um, This was a game that I played (laughs) that I rented, but not one that I was very interested in. This game is being, a new one is coming out. And a lot of people are losing their minds over it. This is one of those things where I'm glad people that are excited for this are going to get something that they want. This is not something that I care for or will be interested in because it's an on-rails game where you're taking pictures of Pokemon. The cool thing was, like back in the day, it was finally being able to see them in 3D. That was like the huge thing for Pokemon Snap because before that it was all on the Game Boy and they were all flat pixelated and they just kind of shook a little bit and they made weird sounds. So that was the cool thing about this. Like, hey, I get to see the Pokemans. But now we've already seen that with all the handheld. So like, I'm excited that people are excited for this game, but this is something that I have zero interest in. So I don't know if Devin, Mike, if you guys are interested in playing this in the future or if you feel the same. Nope. Okay, cool. So I'm not much of a Pokemon guy. Neither are my kids. Yeah, and that's fine. They don't have to be, but all right. With that out of the way, just saying, um, neither are my kids. So EA Play just happened today. So there's probably a lot of stuff that we we're gonna miss because it happened around five o'clock our time, and that's when hey dinner, get home from work. So we're gonna talk about a couple of things from the show. So if we miss stuff, we'll probably just pick it up on the back end. We'll probably get some things wrong. So be patient with us. But we're going to talk about some of the more important things. Devin, is there something like that you really, really want to start with or talk about first? From EA Play? Yes. Um, no, I think for me, I was I was hoping they would show off some Battlefield stuff. And, I mean, they, they did. Like, 
you know, a couple seconds of, of basically like they're just testing stuff out. I mean, the game is supposed to come out next year. Um, and I was hoping they would show it off, but the, you know, maybe they'll do some stuff beginning of next year, or maybe they'll do something at the Xbox conference. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't the greatest of shows for me. Um, it was just kind of like, okay. You know, the Star Wars, the $40 Star Wars game was the big game of the show. Um, granted, I mean, it's the one thing I came away from was they really just don't have a lot for this year. And they have the same stuff. Like they're putting out all their sports titles. Um, you know, they got Apex, which is big for them. They have Sims, again, big for them. But um, they had a couple, they showed off three indie titles. But I, I was just like, man, I, I just thought like, you know, EA was had more than this going on and maybe they do and they just they're just not showing it or they're they're not ready to show it yet um because I mean when you think about you know obviously these publishers like you know Deep Silver or THQ Nordic when they say oh we we have you know 76 games coming out in the next two years I was like, holy crap, that's a lot of games, you know. Granted, a lot of those might be double A or mobile games, but I mean, that's a lot of games. I mean, last year they showed off Command and Conquer for mobile. They didn't mention anything about that this year. No. Um, I don't know. I mean, it was the stuff they're gonna do, you know, next gen looks cool. They showed off some nice volumetric fog, some great destruction, some screenshots. But- but yeah. but yeah, I, like I I agree. I think maybe it just shows like the the strength of the titles that EA does have. Like their sports titles, like make up the bulk of their revenue, right? That in mm-hmm. Apex recently. I mean, FIFA is just it's their big money maker. And I don't know if we want to say like, hey, they get to kind of rest on the laurels a little bit because they have something like FIFA in their back pocket to kind of fund them to keep them going. But you're right, like. With as big as EA was and is, it's like, I, I guess maybe maybe we shouldn't expect like the Sony level presentation from them of just game after game after game. But it was yeah. very much like, hey, this Star Wars game is our thing to come. Now, like when we got the Christian Daily announcement of the whole Anthem thing, like I said, hey, we're not going to see Anthem here. It's just not going to happen. Right. And we didn't. So, I mean, that that wasn't a surprise to me. I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't really expecting anything Dragon Age or... I mean, we were all kind of expecting a Mass Effect um, remake just because of the rumors that were going around. But to not have anything except for a couple screenshots from Bioware and then to have, like you said, Devin, like Star Wars Squadrons was their big reveal. It's a $40 game. The way that they revealed Squadrons was very... It felt weird to me it didn't feel like a hey guys come check this out it very much felt like guys come look at this this is why you should be excited let me tell you everything about it it felt like a sales pitch to me and i know trailers are kind of a sales pitch but trailers are also supposed to get you kind of hyped right like i I didn't feel hyped for a star wars game like and this is supposed to be the thing that i'm all about rogue squadron um x-wing versus tie fighter like those are the games that should be like hey this is like injected into my veins i am down with it (laughs) but it just didn't feel exciting it didn't feel like oh this is a story that i care about and maybe it's because 
every time there's a new Star Wars game, it's like, okay, where is it set? It's in between these movies. It's in between these movies. Oh, it's over here on these movies. Like, maybe you just get caught in the minutia of, like, okay, now I need to frame my mind of, okay, the, so Desar 2 is destroyed. Who's in power? Do I care who's in power? The Empire is still here, even though we blew up their stupid ball of death again. Like, I, why do I care about these people? And when you say $40 game, single player, like, what is that going to be? Is that going to be on, it's not going to be on the level of, like, um, Battlefront 2 and their campaign. Because that campaign was maybe like a 10-hour campaign. It wasn't very long at all for a $60 game. Yeah. Um, to me, it almost feels like a um, it's going to be a Titanfall situation where your single-player campaign story is like played out on the same maps you're going to be doing multiplayer stuff on. And I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I want to be like, okay, now I have to adjust the control. Like, where do I put the power? Do I put it to my shields? Do I put it to my weapons? Do I put it to my engines right now? Like, what did I, you, what did you think about the duality of the storytelling? I, you're gonna play. You're gonna play one mission uh, as the Empire. You're gonna play one mission as the Rebels. Like, I'm I'm really tired of like, hey, this is interesting. What what's it like from their perspective? Like, maybe the Mandalorian has just kind of ruined me to be like, just give me a story I can follow. Like, Battlefront Two did this whole you play as the Empire. But guess what? Now you don't. Like, I don't care. Like, the Empire is bad. They murder lots of people. Like, they're not good people. Like, I know you want me to play as them. Like, I'll play as them because their ships are cool. Like, the TIE Interceptor is, a, is probably the coolest ship out there. But, like, I don't know if I'm supposed to feel, like, um, sympathetic towards the Empire or, or right. what. I just... It's just... And maybe it's just my own Star Wars, like, hang-up, but... So like, do you think do you think that in the future, if we were to get a Star Wars game that just happens to use X wings and Tie fighters and and without kind of really defined where does this show up in the in the scheme of these nine movies that we get, which I think which I think is is why you like Mandalorian so much because because it has nothing to, so far has nothing to do with what we've seen, um, you know, canon. Right. It is, it is its own. And I think, and I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's, that's very, that's an astute point that, that you don't have to, not every Star Wars title has to have a Skywalker in it, you know, or has to have a Death Star in it. Just give me something where I get to fly in these cool ships and do some dog fights and use blasters. Give me, give me a lightsaber, um, you know, but, but don't give me a lightsaber because star Wars has lightsabers. Like if yeah. it fits with my character, you know, don't just, okay, by the way, you're a Jedi, obviously, because you know, you're the, you're the protagonist or you're the, yeah, you, you're, you become a Jedi, you know, like just give me a story. If I'm going to be a pilot, then let me become a good pilot. So, and, and this is something that I don't know if you guys caught, but let me, so this is via game informer. So they ask, what's the viewpoint? So it says, unlike most space or aerial combat games, Star Wars Squadrons is only playable from the first-person perspective. Mm-hmm. And did you catch that it is that it is fully VR capable, day one, beginning yeah. to end? Yeah. So and, so and I think, but I don't know how much VR though. Like the, the way they made it sound, it was like just using the VR headset as a display, not like. Right. Well, and I think, but but I think that's telling a little bit in that. 
and that 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 was kind of like this is why we made this game yeah because for... i mean because it has to be that way right if you're mm-hmm. playing it in vr it has to be in first person all the time or else it just doesn't work that way so right. like whenever i play flight simulator games like i never go first person because i can't do it like i have to yeah. be able to see my ship to see what's around me to like feel like i'm actually flying so with this I have to being, see my wings. I have yeah. to see my wings. I can't use instruments to find my my horizon. I have to see my wings in um, simulators. Yeah. So with this being like first person perspective only, that's that's a weird choice to me. Well, and there's. I also thought for a game that's really heavily multiplayer based, there's no beta, right? There's no testing to see yeah. how well it works. The balance. Uh, granted, it's only five on five, but. I mean, balance is a big deal, mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm also unless like unless everything is just so cookie cutter yet either. So uh, that's true. They haven't. You've you've got beta frustration. Well, I'm yeah. But one of those. They, they also have professional FPS players playing that game and you know giving a feedback. <laughs> oh, yeah. We don't know if that's happening here because I we mean, don't maybe know. Maybe they'll if... announce the beta next month. I don't know. Um. So so I so I don't have a lot of reason to get hyped right now, except that I want to experience it through VR just to see. But you know, mm-hmm. using the putting the U wing in here, like the U wing is not the right selection for this game. Like if Support like I don't know why it's not a B wing, right? I don't know why they're yeah. using the Tie Reaper as their support ship. Like there's so many other ships that are cooler ships in the Star Wars. Any that's just like that's just personal <laughs> stuff. Um, anyway, that's like hey, this game's trash because there's no B wing. It's just weird that it's a five player game. You only have four. These are the only eight ships that you have. Now, to me, this says for now, for now. No, I like. I don't think that there's going to be there's anyone. No there's no microtransactions. So, like, if you update it, then, like, I I just don't understand. Like, this game feels like a small team was said, hey, was said, hey, make this. Let's see what you can do. It'll come out. It'll come out. What it is is what it is, and we'll go from there. That's what it feels like to me. It doesn't feel like, hey, this is a sixty dollar. Like, like Devin said, like. Saying a game is like a $40 game, regardless of the quality, that says something about the game that you're putting out, right? The in, the investment in it. There are a lot of quality games that are $30, that are $20, that are $40. I'm not saying just because it's a $40 game, it's garbage. I'm not saying that at all. But you're, the expectation is a triple A, a triple A game is $60, right? Yeah. That's the well, expectation. There's also a difference of... The game came out uh, two years ago at sixty dollars, but now it's only thirty. Versus, it's coming straight out the gate at forty dollars. So there's less value that they're putting into it already, right? To keep our expectations lower, and so I don't. I mean, it only has two modes, right? Two multiplayer modes, and then the campaign, and so it's like or two or three modes, right? And so how, you know, and and then you look going to get out of it. And then you look at Battlefront 2, which had its own mode for Starfighters. And it had a couple modes in that that they never supported. They didn't support it in Battlefront 2. And it was like, like I loved flying those things in Battlefront 2. I thought it was fantastic gameplay. It controlled really well. It was a lot of fun to do, but they never supported it. They never added, like, new ships. They never added, like, different color schemes. It was just it was just there and it was never touched. It was never a focus. So now that you make a whole game focused on this, and like to me it's like Okay, like so so what now? Like I don't know if like That's this, interesting. 
Is it just like, hey, because it's Star Wars, come buy it? Star Wars fans, come buy it? If so, then like, yeah, I guess milk the franchise as much as you can, right? I mean, that's yep. the majority of what EA has put out, though, for for Star Wars, besides Fallen Order. And even then, that's still had issues. But. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so those are my thoughts on, like, I, I guess I just need to see more. And... Like, come on, like, we, we had movies with the T-70, and you're putting the <laughs> T-65 in here. Like, after seeing the T-70, who wants to fly a freaking <laughs> T-65 X-Wing, all right? I mean, like, I've yeah. seen all the movies, but I don't even know what you're Well, yes, well, but well, you're, you're, you're not on Steve's level, Devin. You're not on You're not on Steve's level. Whoa, so. whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's just weird. Like, And they say, hey, you can customize the inside of your cockpit. You can get a little Ewok bobblehead. And at that point, I'm like, whatever, okay? Whatever. <laughs> like... Anyway, um, should we move on instead of talking about this? What else? Is there anything else from the uh, EA Play Conference that we want to talk about? Uh, give a shout out to um, what's the random? What's the random game? What's the title of it? Dice. The uh, Dice World random. of Random. A Something journey random. into randomness. But anyway, Steve, we were talking. We were talking pre-show about it, and it looks cool. It looks fun. I mean, give it a shot. You know. But that's about it. I think these smaller games from these little studios that have very cool art styles are going to be like a huge... There's They're going to be huge this generation because there's a lot of them coming out. There's a lot of people making games. And there's a lot of people that like have that passion to make these cool little interesting games. And I'm excited to play them. Like I really, It was a very Tim Burton, clay animation art style. So I'm down for it mm-hmm. and I'm excited to try it out. So... Other than that, like, I think the really the big news for the day was the the uh, cyberpunk getting pushed back again, getting delayed. Yeah, so it got so, pushed back to the date November nineteenth. November nineteenth. So it was going to come out in September. Um, now it is November nineteenth. That yeah, huh. they put out a bunch of information I have here because um, they put out that. a video. Right, so so next week they were doing their show. They were supposed to do one earlier this month, but they pushed it back uh, to give time for other people to speak. Um, but so, anyways, they they put out another video because the press is there. They said you know the press is going to be able to play it next week. But so some of the information they put out in the video is uh, so the press is playing the game and they'll have previews. Uh, they'll be released uh, after they do the Night City Wire. Uh, on the 25th so next week after they do their presentation the press will be able to go live with their previews um they said specifically in their video that you'll be able to read the preview so there's some speculation whether they'll be able to do video or not um the way they're doing it is, because of covid is they are streaming the game to them through pc so they can stream and play the game um you know they can start they're basically what they're doing is giving them a specific amount of time to play the game, but they can do anything they want in the game. Wow. Oh, cool. They can go anywhere. I mean, they they said in their release statement today, the content is done. You know, all everything is in the game, but the reason they delayed it is because they, you know, everything is really complex and they want to be able to do more balancing, more bug fixing, and so um, the press gets has access to build from the character creation starts from the beginning of the game. But it's a time limit, no limits on what they can do, right? Hmm. Um, let's see here. So they aren't worried about releasing close to the next gen. 
uh, confirming the backwards compatibility is possible on PS5 and Xbox Series X. The game will run on all on the current gen, gen systems, the Xbox, PlayStation, and also the PlayStation and Series X. Uh, they will run better on the next-gen consoles, but the big update is planned for next year for fully taking advantage of those consoles, right? So adding the ray tracing and those kind of things is planned for next year versus it'll just be able to run better than what your current gen consoles will do now. So. I think I think you reading that, Devin, just goes to show that we need to call the Xbox just the Xbox, right? Instead of calling it the Series X. That's like, Why? because it's just weird trying to throw that into a sentence. Like playing on PlayStation 5, or the because it took you like a second to think about what's the name of that console? Oh, that's because I was purposely trying to put PlayStation after the Xbox. The person who wrote the stuff down purposely put the PlayStation ahead of the Xbox, even though in their press they have Xbox first because the Xbox is the marketing. So I was just trying to purposely read it back the correct way. Xbox ambassador, Devin. That makes more saying, sense I mean, now. You know, the internet likes to screw over the Xbox, so I have to go out of my way to make sure they get their fair shake, right? So, oh, um, that's so that's, it wasn't because of that. It was because I was trying to... Anyways. Um, <laughs> so they expect the next-gen consoles to release around the same time, but they're not sure when exactly. They're not too worried about the launch games because they're saying... Uh, it's not like any of the launch games so that there's different it'll be different enough from what is coming out with the next gen consoles um they have seen an increase in pre-orders for cyberpunk uh they have no plans currently for live events in the game right now uh they do say uh because they're they're not, they're kind of cagey on the amount of dlc for the game but they do say specifically that they want this game to be around for several years um so I, I would imagine there has to be some kind of DLC um, for the game to be around for several years. Uh, again, because the the single-player portion of the game is delayed, that's also delayed the multiplayer pro- portion uh, proportionately to the delay for the single-player. So uh, I don't think we'll see anything multiplayer until next year. You know, I'm guessing they might even just hold that off until they give the full next-gen ports. You Makes know, sense. Or upgrades. They did say that's free on both consoles. Um, even if you buy the disc, you'll get the next gen version for free. So, um, how they'll do that on PlayStation is up to PlayStation, I guess. I don't know. They don't have smart delivery or a system like that in there currently. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I'm interested in this game. I'm, I'm skeptical because of how much nudity is going to be in this game. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely interested. It's going to be a huge game. I mean, you know, they make really good games, really popular games. They put a lot into it. All the stuff that they've shown has been really cool. Um, I just, you know, don't want to see rampant nudity everywhere. But yeah, I don't. I think so. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. Um, while you were talking, though, I was really paying attention. I promise. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Before COVID shut everything down, and we were talking about um, the ESA kind of doing away with e3 just because of a lot of the issues that they had and finding like the success of e3 like seeing how things have been broken up now like i don't know if other companies can like do like a e3 style presentation without everyone else right like sony obviously nintendo and microsoft they kind of have enough games to where they could do that and they have enough pool to get everyone together 
But like with the whole Gorilla Collective thing that went on without hardly any, like I didn't even know about it. And they showed off a ton of stuff for the Gorilla Collective, like EA Play. Like, I don't know if these smaller things, like if they had smaller shows specifically for these, I don't think that they would survive or would have enough pool to bring people in to attend like these standalone conferences. Because seeing what we saw, like there's, I don't think that there's enough to pull in. It's like, I think there has to be like an E3. I know we had talked about like it being good, that it being gone to where we could have all these smaller things. But I think this has just shown that it doesn't work this way. Like, there's I know- just so much content. I mean, smaller devs can get more eyes on their games, which is great for them. But at the same time, people's expectations is still at E3 hype levels, right? So, IGN is putting on multiple days of stuff. Then you got Gorilla Collective putting on multiple days of stuff. They're all expecting like big E3 type of shows still, and they're just you can not see that. that in their comments. And, yeah. and they're they are definitely not that. Um, they're putting on showing off a lot of cool stuff. But it's also putting a lot of negative attention onto some of these smaller devs and different things. And that, you know, they are kind of being, I wouldn't say they're being harassed or whatever else, but they're being subjected to this level because they're, they're like, oh, this is like E3, but it's not. Why are you showing me this, you know, ghetto indie game? I don't want to see this crap, you know, or whatever. They they still want that week of E3, you know, type of type of big mega bombshells here you go just dropping all this stuff showing everything Uh, i mean it's great it takes off a lot of the pressure from a lot of developers but it's also just like really crazy because it's super unorganized and there's 15 different places trying to do things all at the same time and uh yeah i'm even surprised that eth i'm i'm surprised that they still had greg from kind of funny hosting the show yeah he wasn't needed at all like and and I, I don't know why that was like a like a, a specific choice for E3 to do that. It just seemed like maybe they're trying to keep I mean EA. Yeah, maybe they're trying to keep that feeling alive like hey, this is a real show and we have a host, but it just didn't seem necessary at all to have him there. And it makes me think that, like what Blizzard is doing like with having their BlizzCon every year and the attendance that they get for the amount of titles that they have like like hats off to Blizzard for having a fan base that is stuck by them because I don't think any other studio would be able to do that. Um, well, I mean, and they canceled their BlizzCon and they're having digital events, right? But, next, but I mean, like it's year, so. like Blizzard just does like, hey, this is our stuff, and we're having this big giant party every year. I don't think any other publisher could do that. I don't know if EA could be like, hey, we're having this giant party to celebrate our games. Everyone come hang out with us. I don't know if they have I mean, like they do that and it's super popular i mean we've we it's yeah crowded. but I, they need I, to understand better venue and, and everything <laughs> else but yeah but i don't think blizzcon is on i think blizzcon is like a whole different thing oh yeah than it's a these whole different i mean because like, that's what they eat sleep you know they live well, that's their life they, they love these series they've been playing them for 10 15 years yeah, I, I just think it's interesting how this whole thing is shaking out. Because at first I was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. We'll be able to see everything and we're not going to have to walk around in the heat. But now I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't think I like this. I think I would rather <laughs> just have the one week of here it all is, sort through it on your own time instead of being beholden to these schedules throughout, you know, two different months of, oh, you got to be here. You got to watch out on this time. You got to watch it at this time. And it's just a little frustrating. That's all. Just a little bit of me venting. That's all. Um, but I think other than that, guys, I think that's 
I mean, we could talk about what we've been playing, but we've been talking for a really long time about all these different news things, and we can just kind of save that for later unless you guys really want to jump into what you guys have been playing. Well, I think it's fine. We've, we've There was a lot of news to talk about, so I think that's perfectly fine. Cool. Well, everyone for hanging out, everyone that's hanging out in the chat, thank you very much for hanging out with us and, you know, listening to our opinions. Listen, like, it's okay if I don't like something, right? I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't like it. Like, if you are down for Star Wars Squadrons, like, I am super excited for you. If you're down for a new Pokemon Snap, like, yes, like, you should enjoy that. Like, I, I'm not I'm saying... I'm excited for Madden this year. It's the first Madden I'll, I'll play in a long time. That, oh, yeah? that, that really surprises me. What makes you excited for it? I think just I just want to see what, what's... I mean, I haven't played it since 2008. And no one's playing that's football the, right now? That's the last one that I've that I purchased. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I'll, I mean, I have EA access, so no reason not to get it, um, you know, and, and uh, to check it out and play it. And well, I mean, they're supposedly having a football season, but who knows? But I don't know. I'm just interested to see what they're doing on next gen consoles and what what's all changed. And uh, I don't know. It was kind of weird. I was like, oh, why am I excited to play Madden this year? <laughs> <laughs> but maybe just because I haven't been able to watch very much sports. And I'm just like, do you got golf on TV? Let's watch it. Like, Whoa, you're getting real desperate, Devin. I, so yeah, I told you guys that I watched a soccer match from Italy and they had virtual fans in the stands. And that was an interesting experience. I think that's pretty cool. Could you notice a big difference in the um, the intensity of the players not playing so in front the, of fans? The, fun- the funny thing was is that you get used to fan noise. And, and although they put in digital fans, I don't think they put in... Um, artificial sound so you could hear the sounds from the field you could hear the players yelling at each other and it was in it was a match from italy so it was in italian and the other team i think was speaking i think they might have been speaking portuguese or something but it was, anyway um but you could very you could hear them very distinctly and it was very off-putting huh. because you would look at the stands and go well no i should be hearing them but i'm really hearing you know yeah. what I'm hearing this from the field. So it was, it was interesting. So the fans were all, were all digitized to be holding like a sign in front of them. And, and it was just, I don't think you need that, but like you could do digital crowd noise. Like the NBA is talking about bringing in crowd noise from like NBA 2k and stuff into the broadcast. I mean, cause I mean, the way they're finishing off the NBA season is pretty interesting where they're, everybody's going to Disney world in Florida and they're playing basketball there with 22 teams and they're going to be in a small little place to play basketball. And uh, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. It's definitely a different problem for them to figure out. Right. I mean, that's, that's what we're used to, you know. And and uh, that noise from people, I don't know. We'll see. See how it well, all and it, Yeah. And, yeah. So, it's it's interesting. It was, it was off-putting, but it was kind of nice to see sports back. But, but then it would also made me realize that I can survive without sports. So, yeah well cool but you cannot survive without the freelancer codex podcast and thank you everyone for hanging out with us um remember if you want to support us you can do that over at patreon um don't support us if it puts you in any hardship but if you can and if you want to you know go ahead and consider it so thanks everyone and we'll see you next time peace thanks for listening you can find us on twitter at freelancer codex on facebook at freelancer codex or through email at freelancercodex at gmail.com. 
join the Discord through the link provided at FreelancerCodex.com. Our show will always be free, but if you'd like to send some support, you may do so at Patreon.com slash FreelancerCodex. Our individual Twitter handles are at Steven Lamson, at MLamson25, at Neverfear, and at JD the Joke Dealer. Freelancers, it's time to get to work.